0: This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. You know, however you're listening to us today, whether you're right here at Connection Central at the Christian Leadership Alliance Conference right here in Dallas, Texas, where we have a crowd of thousands listening to us, maybe we can hear from our crowd tonight. Can we hear from our crowd tonight? There's five five people are paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you're listening online on iWorkForM.com. You're listening to the podcast somewhere all over the world. Or maybe you're listening in Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, or Hampton Roads, Virginia, however you're hearing the show today. Just know we appreciate you tuning in.
1: That's right, Jim. So I want to let our listeners know how they can catch us if they're not able to tune in on that little dial in their car, or maybe they have a stereo in their house. Um, We have so many ways that people can listen to the show. Number one, live they can do with iHeartRadio. They can do it on TuneIn. Um, They can use our website and stream it about seven times a day, iworkforhim.com. And then everything that we do is produced into a podcast and put out on all the Platforms. So we just added Spotify, but we've got iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Outcast, all, Outcast, Outcast. Overcast. <laughs> you know, so we have a lot of different options. Outcast
0: is probably more appropriate, I would think.
1: <laughs> it might be after tonight. But um, we just want to encourage people if they miss any of the content, they can certainly go back and get that via podcast.
0: All right, listen. You know, as a Christ follower, fellowshipping usually means there's food involved. Well, tonight, as we broadcast from the Christian Leadership Alliance, uh, Central. What are we doing? Uh, Connection, Connection Central. Central. Uh, there's a lot of food involved, but the, the whole idea behind the Christian Leadership Alliance event, the Outcomes 2019 event, is to get people to connect and together make a bigger impact in the kingdom. Well, we've got a couple of big shots with us tonight talking about wild things. All right. Tonight, we're talking with Rob McKenna, who many of you got to hear earlier today, and Daniel Halleck. That's right. I did not say it the wrong way. Daniel Halleck from Wild Leaders. What does it mean to be a wild leader? And how are wild leaders distinctive? And why does that even matter in today's world? Rob and Daniel, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. It's radio. It's radio, Daniel. You got to actually talk back. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to have some fun tonight and we're going to have a great time. But first, we always ask this question of every first time guest on I Work For Him. Daniel, you first. How did you become a Jesus follower? grew up in a Christian
2: household, but wasn't until I was 16, almost 17, I had a moment where I decided to get baptized myself, and I literally was a different person coming out of the water. I am not charismatic by uh, my background, but there was something that happened
0: that day. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. And talk to me. So, a 16, 17-year-old, you're in that range. How, talk to me about that, that connection as you got older, that connection between your faith and your work, was there a point in time in your life where you realized, wow, my work really matters to God. I don't have to be a pulpit pastor, I don't have to be a foreign missionary, that I can, my work matters to God and, and it's significant. Was there a point in time in your life where that, that light bulb went on for you?
2: Yeah, I think the first time I really realized that my work had meaning and significance was in my 20s. I did a project and I remember thinking, wow, this was actually meaningful. I can actually accomplish things And work is maybe something that God has wired me to do as a reflection of him, not just a curse I have to endure so I can enjoy the weekends. And so that was the sprouting of a seed, and then it was a lot of conversations, mentors, and reading where I started to really get deeper into what that looks like. But I can remember
0: that moment. You know, I forgot to introduce both these guys. We got Dr. Rob McKenna and Dr. Daniel Halleck. These guys worked hard. You deserve to be called Dr. Doctor. Dr. Doctor, give me the news. Okay, no, that's a song. We can't sing that one tonight. Okay. Okay. Rob McKenna
1: so Rob what about you how did you first become a follower of Jesus Christ
3: so uh I like Daniel grew up in the church um, but my I think part of that question is like how did I get shaped into who I am today mm-hmm. and I was I grew up as, as the son of a university president and a seminary president so my parents were in that role <laughs> so nobody was watching so nobody's yeah exactly okay. um, but <laughs> I think what what I what I look back and I'm so grateful for is that my, even my theology, my, my feelings and thoughts about God were shaped at an early age by some amazing pastors who had a profound impact on me. I sat in an adult church, and when you're a kid, you don't really understand the impact, but I think some of the ways that they projected, I think, a real in and in a natural complexity of what faith is about. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like a, a natural complexity, but it, I felt like I had some amazing mentoring voices from a pulpit, literally from a pulpit, that, that shaped who I am today.
1: That's awesome. And so with that in mind, because you really grew up with um, very solid theology and doctrine around you, but did you have to make a connection between your faith and your work, what God was calling for you to do on your life and the way he'd gifted you with your faith?
3: If we're gonna get real, Martha, I think I, I would say I that so. we're getting real. That's what this um, show is all about. I would say that one of the things that you actually dealt with as the son of parents in those roles mm-hmm. was uh, that 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 uh, that I guess that prospect of purpose was never a question for me. But it, one thing I had to deal with was what does a purposeful work life look like? So, in other words, I think I think all of us kids—there's four of us—felt um, this sense of if we're not going to be in the same roles that my parents were in. What does, that, what does that look like? Yeah. That makes sense. And so I think I've, I've found my own path in this and a way to serve into a similar community that my parents did, but in a different way.
1: So, so you were able to wrestle with it in a healthy way, you think, yeah, to get I to think that so. point? I think so. That's good. Yeah. You,
2: you could have ended up on crack, Rob. I mean, they could well, have gone the other way. There's okay. so many have, expectations so, that
0: well,
3: really, you had you to deal S, with.
0: You know, there, there's there's pastor's kids, there's missionary kids. You were an SP kid.
3: Dude, you have no idea. Seminary president I tell, I tell Daniel's no heard to say that before, that like because I, I should have the all crack, these identity issues though. around, you know, because I run in circles where my parents had a tremendous... Like legacy, and that's still mm-hmm. I get to see that all the time. But instead of being someone who was affected in a negative way by that, it's been an awesome thing to see. So I just I don't know. I just have been on that ride, and I thought if my parents impacted people in a positive way, what a cool thing to be able to continue that. So you
0: have little old ladies come up to you all the time, oh Robbie, and they grab you by the cheek, and they're like I remember when you were yes. yeah. In fact, we interviewed <laughs> Some somebody. We interviewed somebody earlier this week who who you were like his uh, uh is a ring bearer at his wedding. Are so, you kidding me? No. And he says, oh, I remember Rob, Robbie he was a ring bearer. I was, I went, what, what, Wes Wilmer. Is he Wilmer, serious? Said, Wes, yeah, okay. Wes Wilmer. He
3: said, uh, yeah.
2: Okay. Yes. Yeah, he yeah said, you did. Uh, yes, uh-huh. we did. Absolutely. Yeah. See, right. Daniel,
3: welcome to the ride. You didn't That's know that right. Wild Leaders would right. be like this, wild did you? Wild Leaders. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, let's talk about the impact of Christian Leadership Alliance, who has made this possible this evening. and, and Christian Leadership Alliance. Talk, talk to us, Rob McKenna. Your involvement here,
3: Why? Well, I was first here, I, gosh, it was probably uh, 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, when it was the Christian Management Association. And uh, when I came, I came with Al Lopez from Best Christian Workplaces Institute, and we spoke together, and I thought this was going to be all business people. And then I got here and realized that it was a different kind of group of people across all kinds of different nonprofit and parachurch ministries. Mm-hmm. So my, uh, I just see these kinds of connections as a long play, because this is, this is my first time back since speaking here then. And so it's just—it's been amazing. I mean, you live long enough, so and you get to you see things come back around. you 13 years ago? They said, "Yeah, we're not sure we're going to bring them yeah, back." You'd have to ask some people here. Maybe <laughs> Al would know. It really, so it's really bad then. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, 13 I don't know. years. Could be. Okay.
1: <laughs> so you thought that it was going to be a bunch of business people. You found a different environment when you got here. What was? Yeah. What is it about um, Christian Leadership Alliance that you see?
3: Well, I think right now it's been uh, like even being back here this mm-hmm. week and uh, being connected into to Tammy's ministry and other people on the leadership team here. It's been amazing to see just the connections mm-hmm. between people. I mean, we've already bumped into so many folks. I keep saying that, but I, I feel like leadership development, the work that we do is a long play. And so it's, it's, uh, it's outliving any, any given moment. But seeing things come back around, I can tell you five or six people today that I mean have made a deep investment in me over the years who are here and awesome. so that's been a powerful part of this to be here
1: you know I think it's interesting to talk about it for a minute the fact that when you said I thought it was going to be a bunch of business people and up being different what's really awesome about all of these nonprofits that are here is that they're running them like excellent businesses yeah. for the kingdom and that's really what it's all about because they do you do have to have a business mindset and be good stewards of what God's given us, not just, you know, throw it up in the air and hope it comes down in a pretty little form because it, it's not going to work that way. Yep. So honoring God with that.
0: All right, Daniel, you got 30 seconds to tell us about your experience with Christian leadership alliance. <laughs> talk to us about the, I mean, this is your first time, right? This is your first time. First here? time. All right. So you don't you know, have no idea what the experience, but talk to us about why you came. I mean, what, what was it about the outcomes conference that said, Daniel Halleck, I want to be there.
2: Yeah. I mean, what I keep asking people and what I'm seeing for myself is the connections and the relationships, the chance to be with like-minded people who are looking to lead well and honor Christ in all that they do. And so folks like Al Lopez and others who have suggested we look into it deeper is what sparked the interest being here, seeing the connections, the like-minded relationships is what really is I'm seeing as the big value of an
0: organization like this. I want to talk about what WILD Leaders is all about. but re- So just
3: describe, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Oh, man. Uh, first right? of all, WILD stands for Whole and Intentional Leader Development. How come the intentional is a little eye? Because it looked cool, that's okay. it. There's okay. no other part of that story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they're sticking to that. That's right, yeah. they're
3: sticking to it. <laughs> no matter what you say.
1: Whole intentional leader, leader development. development.
3: All right. yeah. I got
0: to make sure we have that. Okay, whole and intentional, intentional leader development. Okay, but what? But
3: okay, got it. Okay, all right. So tell us about what you really do. So what I what I we really do? Can I tell you a little bit of the backstory? Of course you can. But all right. So um, I've been. I'm kind of a mutt. I'm a part scientist, part entrepreneur, part professor, um, and so I occupy all those roles. And for number of years was involved in a series of studies. One of them was, this is going to, I don't know if this will bore people or not, but it was a six and a half year longitudinal study of 120 leaders where we gathered about 15,000 data points on those leaders. They were part of a major corporation that builds airplanes. And it was uh, this awesome process where we saw, as we were interviewing these folks every year on a different topic, we saw that there was this whole picture of their development that was emerging that research that involved things like their support networks, their their calling and purpose, uh, the people that are surrounding them, um, it was all these different pieces, and also the way that they're investing in other people's development. So as a part of that, and at the very same time, I'm also a midlife person who is pretty good at Call of Duty. So I'm a gamer, and I was also being at the very same time I was learning about the journey of leaders and the, kind of this whole perspective on their learning and growth. I was also gaming, and I had this uh, moment when gaming technologies went online, and I started to see the power of them to show people metrics about how they were playing Mm. in these games. And there's a longer story around that that I tell, but but one of the things that inspired for me was, how could I create a process that would help people see through data, help people align their their narrative or their story of their own development alongside some metrics that were designed around what we currently know. There's like 30 or 40 years of really good research that is so often not actually used inside the church, it's used in corporate settings often. And so I thought, could I build a process that would be a whole person development process? So we, ha- we do something called the Wild Toolkit, which is a series of, of 10 different tools or assessment moments mm-hmm. that uh, organizations and individuals are using in coaching contexts or in uh, leadership or, or team development context. And we'll talk about those later. Yeah. I don't
0: want to spoil that now. I want okay. to keep people intrigued. Okay. that wild toolkit. I was reading about it online. I think that's a phenomenal tip. So, awesome. so, so, Daniel Halleck, talk to me about your role as chief. What was it? Was, chief, chief, chief commercial Com- officer. I've got it right here. Yeah. Com- chief commercial officer. I wrote it down. All right, which you got a really interesting background. Your mom and dad grew up in Venezuela and Sudan, but you grew up in Seattle. You got it. Okay. And you're an Eagle Scout. Yep. Wow, which is Only no thing sm- on my resume from high school. That's the only thing in your room? Left. We, oh yeah. <laughs> Left. Yes, but that's only something thing. you never lose because you need no. that when you run for president.
2: Yeah. It'll happen one day, maybe. We'll see.
0: One day. It'll happen one day, maybe. All right. Talk to me about what you're doing on a daily basis at Wild Leaders.
2: Yeah, on a daily basis for me, it's connecting with folks across the spectrum, ministry, market, Christian higher ed, and working with them to identify what are their needs for the development of leaders and how we can partner with them to increase their capacity. So lots of relationship building, lots of connections, lots of conversations. Uh, oftentimes delivering and facilitating. It's fun to get up in front of a group and walk them through a meaningful process. If we can get a tough, grown man to cry, then we know we've done our job that day because we touched on something that's core to their identity um, and are moving them along in their whole and intentional journey.
0: All right, so are you only work with Christ followers or are you working with anybody?
2: All across the market. That's one of the things that drew me in was In the ministry context, we can be really overt about our faith. In the market, people go, wow, this is really deep, or this is really personal. And I see how it relates to my business, but um, it's an invitational opportunity for them to dive into something that brings their story alongside what their organization is doing and is oftentimes an on-ramp to the gospel. So quick story, there's a woman who came to one of our trainings, and she went through and shot us a note, and she said, I think... I'm a different person because I went through your process. And she started coming back into church. She had been disengaged for years and is now reengaging with who is Jesus and what might be his role in her life. And so that was coming through a leadership development training. So you, you
0: guys really have a, when you're working with intentionally Christ-centered organizations, you have a stained glass version, but you have a plain glass version you operate with most of the time. Absolutely. But, it, but it's all based on biblical truth. That's why it makes an impact on people's lives.
2: I mean, at the end of the day, we, everything is based on the fact that we are um, image bearers of a God who is a relational being himself. And so that's a foundation. There are gospel notes strewn throughout that the Christian sees when they dive in. Um, the person who doesn't know Jesus yet just says, gosh, this is deep. And I want to be able to bring my whole self and invite other people to do that along the way, too.
0: Rob McKenna, let's just, let, why, why wild leaders? Why is there a need for wild leaders? Because I think that's the, that's the basis of the conversation. Why is there even a need for all this stuff?
3: I, I have this conviction and, and the wor- leaders we've worked with that people follow conviction. They follow leaders who bring courage and who take a stand and step out and go first. And so I've seen that over and over again. We, um, I've, since the beginning, have been driven by this idea that we could do a better job of lifting up and preparing people who both bring that, as we psychologists say, efficacy and courage, but at the same time are willing to edit. I mentioned something this morning that one of the fundamental factors that we look for is people who are willing to edit, editability, which is not a word word I made up, but I talk about it as this uh, the willingness to have the backspace key hit on things that feel like they're about your character. And then we're looking for so leaders. What do, you mean? what do you mean? Well, when when you ask a give an when, example in your life, how did that work? in my life, uh, <laughs> to get specific. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so one of the things that um, I have honestly struggled with is I am high on empathy, but I struggle to take the perspective of other people. And so one of the ways that I've needed to edit is to really work on my listening skills. And, uh, and it's been something that immediately is challenging because people I will feel what other people feel but willing, and, and, it's, and it's difficult when someone close to you says, hey, you're not listening very well. And for me, being willing to edit is one place that I've been trying to work on myself.
1: So, Daniel, how about you? What is something in your life? Because this just really helps the listeners to yeah. um, get a feel for what this looks like. But what is something that is editable in your life?
2: Gosh, so many things. Do you want us to call your wife? Yeah, you can call Where my wife. Do we I, begin. Did a, I had yeah. a performance review one year, the same... Uh, the next, the day after I had a conversation with my wife around what I needed to do better on the home front and um, since being a kid, I, my head is in the clouds, I don't pay attention to details mm-hmm. and it turns out that details sometimes really matter our house flooded <laughs> because somebody did not put a thumbnail sized cap on a supply line so I, I struggle to be attentive to details that matter to other people um, and it's not just details, it's Paying attention and, and caring about what the other person is experiencing. We sound I, like I, a I really fun leadership team, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen you an on and you going to miss the detail,
0: right? <laughs> right. I, I, okay, so let's let's just get personal, and then we're going to dig deeper into your Wild Toolkit in the next segment. But how do you, Rob McKenna, as you run this organization, Wild Leaders? Which, by the way, how can people find out about this online? What's the website?
3: If you go to WildLeaders.org. That's the place to find us. If people are curious about the toolkit, it's wildtoolkit.com.
0: So wildleaders.org and wildtoolkit.com. Yes. All right, but they can get the link to the toolkit on wildleaders.org, can't they? All right. So, how do you keep your job from interfering with your family, from
3: your marriage? Oh, boy, that is a. uh, How do I keep it from happening? Uh Man, Jim, ask a harder question. No, it was on the list. I think I one of the things that is that. On, it's actually a, a part of our charter as a team is that we would practice what we preach. And so maintaining a sense of those boundaries. I mean, one of the things that we try to be mindful about is, is to not text over the weekends. And we're also, I'm not saying it never happens. Not text I mean, looking at Daniel right now, but we're trying to be mindful of that make sure we have those moments where we are resting and doing nothing with our families as much as we are doing nothing
0: with your families? Yeah, I'm gonna doing nothing with work while you're with your families.
3: I just heard this interesting story about the void during creation and it was saying that they're actually what the, the translation of that is chaotic nothingness. That what the void was and that god actually designed us for moments of chaotic nothingness and
1: that's and that describes family and that i mean it's like this amazing
3: moment where you're actually just present you know just being and and that's why i look for those moments raising toddlers
0: that sounds like a, a chaotic, chaotic nothingness. nothing <laughs>
1: daniel how about for you how are you uh, making sure that your family your marriage is staying a priority in the middle of your work
2: So I think the reality is we talk about work-life balance. I, I love when I hear people say that balance isn't necessarily biblical, but seasons are and rhythms are. And so I think to say that work doesn't interfere with family or family doesn't interfere with work would be a falsehood. I mean, right before I came down here, I hopped on FaceTime and read my son a chapter of the Hardy Boys. Rob Aww. got to hear me read it out loud Awesome. and so that was, was a small awesome. thing but yeah. there are times I mean being here I'm not seeing I'm not having dinner with the family so it does interfere and there are times where um, my wife dropped a cookie sheet on her toe it broke her foot and oh. so I didn't I canceled a whole day of meetings and so I think the question is how do we balance that <laughs> she tension called together? me and wanted
0: to know why you didn't take the week off That's what I <laughs> we're broadcasting live from from well, I can't even think of this uh, Central. Where, where where are we at?
1: Connection, Connection Central. central. Well, I, didn't, I didn't had
0: it written down. All of a sudden, I, I froze up on radio. Connection <laughs> Central. So we've got 1,000 people in the room, but about four people they're are eating, listening. They're if you're eating listening, cupcakes. how about a little shout-out, a little clap for the audience? All right. There's three people listening. A thousand people in the room, three people listening. You know why? They're all eating cupcakes. All right. We're talking tonight about wild... And yes, it's nighttime. We're recording this. I keep saying it. So let's be honest. We're recording this at night because that's when we could get these two guys. They've been busy all day. Rob McKenna and Daniel Halleck from Wild Leaders.
1: So I want to talk more about um, Wild Leaders and this wild toolkit that you have. So really... So you said that it stands for whole intentional leader development. So who is the consumer of Wild Leader? Who is what? Who is your your target?
3: Well, this is going to sound ridiculous, but we have it's a person who is looking to uh, take their something beyond like a one-off tool that says, "Here's what I'm good at." or here's my, here's my spirit animal, or here's my behavioral styles, or whatever it is, and says, I want what's next. I want to I go deeper, and, and getting intentional about my learning and growth. And we find that leaders across the age spectrum, like when leaders interact with the toolkit or with the things that we do at Wild Leaders, that so often what they'll say is like, where was this kind of a process mm-hmm. when I was younger? That would, that would intentionally connect my own story and my narrative, some of the questions you guys have been asking us alongside some measures of progress and some metrics and profiling so it's that's that's the kind of person that kind
0: of stuff gets boring metrics profiling but when you can see the results i mean collecting that stuff is is it's uh it it takes a lot of diligence to get that done but when you get to see the results you're like wow that paints a picture So are you doing this for organizations that want to see the whole picture? Daniel, is that what you guys are doing? Or are you doing it for individual leaders that go like, I need help because I'm screwed up?
2: Yeah, we do for both. We have a network of coaches who, if someone wants to walk through the process, they can pick it up on their own. But if they want to walk it through with a coach, they can do that and go deep. If they want to use it with a team over a period of time, or if they want to do it with an organization and roll it out at large scale, we've got people doing it all across the board.
0: All right. So lots of leadership, lots of ideas and organizations are formed out of necessity. So, Rob, what was it that you saw that you're like, I have to start my own leader development, intentional, whole intentional leader development company? Yeah. I mean, why? I mean, there's lead, leadership development is like, you know, our in our lifetime, there's been 50,000 books written on it. There's probably been 40,000 organizations started. Why Wild Leaders? What is so significant?
3: I don't When you're asking the kind of person, I think that's a really important part of this question. Like, why is this significant? Because I will tell you that even in our sessions today, the people that resonate immediately with this process and the way that we talk about leadership are people that are in the midst of trying to be thoughtful, trying to bring conviction and hope and possibility. And at the same time, many of these people are struggling inside organizations where the context of the organization is almost overpowering where it's like I'm trying to be thoughtful to the needs of other people and still lead strong. And so I think one of the things that we are gathering or people drawn to about the toolkit is it's giving them a scaffolding, and a way to think through questions that they'd never thought about before. I mean, one of the questions that we ask people is, what is it that you can't help but do well? And it's crazy how rarely people have actually thought about that. Or if you believe that you've been called, what have you been called to? and in getting past kind of the the pithy cliché answers that we give so quickly and having people think like, I'm not sure I know right now. And we call those wild questions because they're questions, you know when you, you describe something as wild, you go, oh, that's wild. It's usually because it's something you don't have the answer to yet. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but you know the question itself is probably part of the answer. And so that's, uh, um, that's kind of what ke- continues to drive us and we see it happen over and over again.
0: So, Daniel, you're fairly new to the organization, right? How long have you been with the organization? Almost a year. Okay, so that's still fairly new. Okay. What was it about Wild Leaders that said, I want to be part of that organization?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so much out there in the leadership space. You're right. What you see is a couple things we have decades of research on how we can actually develop leaders. It's never used. It's similar to the nutritionist who actually knows anatomy and physiology and how your body works. And you say, no, but this is my, the, the diet I like because I saw some ad or because someone I know lost weight. And they go, yes, 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 but we actually have decades of research on how your body works and we can actually custom tailor something for you. So there's all this research that never gets used. I see that. And on the other hand, When I see folks, uh, unfortunately oftentimes in ministries, they will grab onto a platitude. Great, pithy statements that have no verification, no validation work. So on the one hand, you have this incredible body of research that's out there that people have devoted their lives to, hundreds of people devoted their lives to, across thousands of data points, really rigorous science, versus a platitude or a quick survey. And yet, it never reaches the light of day. And then you add to that, those who are doing it, they're doing it oftentimes to maximize the output of the organization. And they don't necessarily care about the human. They're focused on the enterprise. And so how do you bring that deep research, okay, that okay, reveals okay. truth, it's and so, scripture? So much, my head's starting to
0: explode. OK, OK, OK. <laughs> All right, it's just so deep. Yeah, back I, me up, back so me deep up. Back up. OK, let's talk about the toolkit. Because here's what I want I want our listeners, both in the audience, live audience, and on the air today to come away with some practical stuff. Some of the, yeah. we, we want you to give something away free that you charge people money for. And so this wild toolkit, let's talk about some of the, the tools that are in that toolkit. We don't have to talk about all of them, but I want, I, want, I want you to highlight your most valuable tool and give me an example of somebody that has taken that tool and mm-hmm. turned an organization around. So wh- who wants to give me that story? Let me tell you a story of a, of a recent executive
2: I talked about. There's, all the tools are powerful. One of them is my favorite, is the Strategic Network Audit and Guide. And leaders leadership can be lonely, but leaders should not be. Leadership can be lonely, but leaders should not be. And so I was just working with a senior executive going through his strategic network, and he realized he doesn't know the people who are intentionally giving him feedback. So if the emperor is showing up with no clothes, everyone's just smiling and nodding. So for him, be able to go through and identify where am I showing up, who do I need around me? He went through a process and, and said, you know, when I showed the people I lead, his spouse and others, what his report said, they said, this doesn't look like you. He said, yeah, but this is how I feel every day.
0: I don't know, I don't know that I understand. So what was, it? what was the tool again?
2: Yeah, the tool was the strategic network audit and guide. It gave him an opportunity. So who to are the people feeding
0: into him or Who her? are the
2: people feeding into him, who he is not accessing and tapping into. He's just muscling things forward when he has an army of people to surround support him in his journey. So for the pivotal thing for him is getting those people around together gives him the feedback he needs to stay strong and then build those feedback mechanisms into the organization. So you're
0: not talking about 360 uh, review within an organization. You're talking about the people outside of the organization that are feeding into the leader.
2: Yeah. Who are the people for him that if his job goes, hits the fan tomorrow are going to support him and help him stay strong as a leader so he can continue to lead instead of flaming out like we see so many leaders do across contexts.
0: Do you recommend organizations, let's say you're dealing with a Jesus follower, do you have organizations that you recommend that they plug into to meet those people? I mean, do you have ministry discipleship that you plug people say, you should get involved in X or Y or Z? And we've got lots of partners. Most people tend to have the, those folks around them, or they're
2: there. They, they have access to them. They have not taken the intentional step of saying, "Who is in my, is Jim part of my support, and what conversation do I need to have with Jim to make sure that you are investing in me the way I need to? So people usually have this incredible untapped resource. That's just one example.
1: So listeners, I just want to remind you that we are live on location at the Outcome Conference here in Dallas, Texas. Um, Compliments and hosted by the Christian Leadership Alliance. And today we are talking about wild leaders, and they can be found online at wild. Leaders.org, and this toolkit that you've been talking about can be found at WildToolkit.com. And today, we, um, as we break this down, Rob McKenna and Daniel Halleck, we are just really wanting to give people enough to be curious about. You know, to really get them to say, "This is something that's really intriguing to me." I, I keep thinking in my mind, going back to the you playing the video game mm-hmm. and seeing your progress, and how does how are you relating that then? to what you're doing because we all want to know if we're improving, right? Yeah. Is that
3: part of the toolkit? It is. It's, it's slightly gamified because I couldn't help myself but do that. I
1: was kind of hoping.
3: Yeah, and it's, uh, but, but not for the sake of that, but it's a mm-hmm. nice, nice little motivational piece where every activity in the site we built actually has points associated with it. And so that's kind of a cool part of it. You know what's funny is you were talking about the thousand people in this room and the three or four that are listening right now. And you know what's, I I have this, when I look at the people in this room, I think what I want for them is I want every person in this room to have the conversations around where are you going and why. Like Daniel was saying, who is surrounding you right now? How do I more intentionally invest in the people who are on my short list? How do I think about the experiences I've had in the past and learn from those things? and what skills and and things have I learned and competencies have I learned based on those experiences. And that's what the the tool provides this cool user interface and infrastructure for a person to get intentional. So every time you take one of these assessment, it bookshelves them for you. And so they show up on this virtual bookshelf, you can download or share the PDFs, because that's where the toolkit gets really powerful. It's not, you can't take one of these assessments and get like, that's not where the power is. The power is that it breaks loose in conversation. So it's when you have a conversation with someone, a trusted other with your team about this that like, then we see incredible kind of catalytic moments for people.
0: So which assess, so is, is that another specific assessment you're talking about?
3: Yeah, because there's 10 in the whole toolkit. So,
0: there, so all the tools are assessments. So, I mean, I'm figuring there was a wrench and a screwdriver and a hammer. I mean... I, you got I'm the thinking. whole toolbox.
3: You have the you whole have, toolbox. That's part of what drew me
2: to working is you have the whole toolbox, and it comes from a Christ-centered perspective. So, picture the favorite assessment tool you've ever taken, and you go, oh, that was fun. I wish there was more. So, you do this, you go, oh, yeah, there is. Ten times is over and it's gamified and there's videos. I mean, it's an entire
0: system more than a one-off. All right, so Daniel, let's start. So when you went through the toolkit, you went through all those assessments because you had to get familiar with everything. What was the one thing that stood out about you that needed to be worked on? What was your biggest, oh my goodness, Rob was saying, I'm not sure I should have hired Daniel.
2: You know, it's funny, it's actually turned me to work for a while because I was in a role, I was getting ready to get promoted, I loved the job I was in, meaningful work, but one of the questions that I did not have an answer to, it said, if you knew you had the strategic network of support in place to take a calculated risk, what would you do? And I stopped and I thought, I'm not a risk taker by nature, anyone I know would say that, but I started to realize I have a massive support network and people who will help me and back me up. So... Maybe I can be a little more bold with that project that I want to push because I know it's the right thing, but I'm afraid of how others will perceive me. So there's one piece. Or maybe I should jump into this crazy, wild opportunity that's what I imagine doing in 10 years, but it's in my lap right now because I bumped into Rob on an airplane.
0: On an airplane? You guys talked on an airplane? Yep. I had a seat open next to me. That's like not even legal. Oh, you're flying Southwest, so you just sat down (laughs) next to you? Wild leaders with founders... Daniel, no, I Daniel just made you a founder. How about with the founder, Rob McKenna? You'd like that. You'd like to have his bid stake in all of that huge money. I, I get it. And Daniel Halleck, he is, he is the chief commercial officer. I don't even know what that means, but that's what he is. And, and these two guys are changing. Well, you're reforming leaders. Rob McKenna, you got to speak this morning to a large audience here at Christian Leadership Alliance the Outcomes 2019 conference. Talk to us about one thing you want to make sure our I Work For M audience hears from you.
3: I think this, this is the thing from this morning that I, I said is that I really don't care that much about leadership. I care about leaders. And I think what changes, what the ref, a reformation is about is beginning to think about the experience of a person. Because we talk about leadership and we dehumanize it. And I think one thing you were mentioning before, Jim, is you were saying that, you know, stained glasses versus plain glass kind of approaches to this. And if you look at the decades of research on leadership development from people in secular settings, it looks like the gospel story because it's stories of brokenness and failure right. and successes and redemption. And so I think that's, but when you look at the person, that's what gets really powerful for me. So I'd want people to, to understand that, that whole leader development is, is about people who are in this role where they have stepped out and they've gone first.
0: Not just whole leader development, but a whole intentional leader development. Yeah. Because there's a difference there. Yeah. I mean, mean, intentionality is one of those, it's one of those key words that everybody, it's one of those, like, everybody loves to use the word intentionality, but Jesus was really intentional with how he developed leaders.
1: You know, so when you're working with people, I know for myself, you were using the word assessment. Whenever I've taken any assessment, it's just so exciting to learn about how I was created and the, and what's inside of me and then being able to develop that. So that's, I just want to kind of recap on that, that you're not only giving people these tools and assessments, but helping them to learn how to develop into a better leader, right?
3: Yeah, and one thing that we talk about is that these are tools, not tests. And so what people are used to, the kind of the paradigm that we are pushing against Mm -hmm. is this idea that I'm trying to pass this test and get the best score, get the best profile. And they're they're tools in in that they, they open up a conversation in areas where you're like, oh, that is an important question. But it's not something you... We want people to participate in the process and not pass the process, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. So. so, Rob, when you first developed the... Do you ever take the assessments yourself?
3: Every year. Okay,
0: so what's the one thing you're still working on that every time you take it, you're like, oh,
3: still got work to do there? I would say... So I'm starting the toolkit as an annual process. So okay. people retake it okay. as a part of their development plan. That creates and a when recurring started, revenue stream. That's awesome. Well, yeah, when I, exactly. When I started the second year... One thing I noticed was I was scoring higher than I thought I would. And the, the thing that affirmed for me this year is, and this is what I literally wrote, this is my narrative. I wrote, I'm doing better than I thought. And that's, that was kind of encouraging to me because I was kind of taken, taken aback by this, oh, my scores look pretty good this year. And I realized when I stepped back that I was doing better than I thought. And there are years where those seasons where things are dipping a bit. Right. But that's the thing for me right now that I noticed that I read the other day. So I'm getting started in my second Okay, year. so
0: you, you're you doing the assessments and it looks like you're doing better than you thought. But you ask your people then, hey, this is what the assessments show. Do you agree? Do you ever ask your people to say, do you agree with my, what my assessments
3: show? We have team conversations about this to build a sense of awareness question, together. I didn't ask that question, Rob. Are you avoiding my question? <laughs> I would say that this is, this is an interesting part because the assessments themselves, they are not... Again, they're not tests or performance measures, even though that data is there.
0: I didn't ask that question. Yeah. So what I'm saying (laughs) is that you got this result of the assessment. You ask your people, would they give you the same assessment? Do they, I mean, do you ever ask them?
3: Would I ask them? I I would say, I'm going to go back to this. These these tools are not designed for specific, because that is a really important question in our field. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about performance management versus development. Okay. And we have that conversation as a team because we bring on people who are willing to edit, but we do uh, we are careful to say because this is not a three sixty process. Okay. And I know we didn't discuss what three sixty well, processes no, but are. But you, you have shared them with I mean you share them with me. Yeah, so I'm not, and, I'm not,
2: and I give exactly. you feedback too. So that's there's a lot yeah. of editing taking it's place recir- between us. It's reciprocal. Because <laughs>
1: you're editable. You're just being a good <laughs> Well, I hope so. <laughs> so I Daniel hope so. getting shaved you- and sharpened. Daniel, yeah. you're just coming up on your one year pretty yeah. soon, right? So are you getting ready to then take your assessments again, or how I'm, is I'm that work? I'm just about to
2: finish the cycle, yeah. And okay. so I will be then starting it again as well in a month. So do you think
1: you, there's going to be any surprises for you as you, as you look at them again and, and see how you're doing?
2: I was, when I switched roles, I was in such a crucible moment that I think some of my scores um, were so high, I felt like I could take on the world, and I still do. Um, but there were so many things happening personally and professionally at that time that I actually felt very confident that God had equipped me for that season. So I think they'll change. I'm excited to see what it looks like.
3: Can I say one other thing yes. I think that will change? And I, when of my second year, in the personality trait space, the one thing that does go down with age is agreeableness. And I did see that my agreeableness went down. Everybody in the audience think, should listen
0: to that. I One think it's thing just it exhausting down, agreeing with everybody. Older, agreeableness <laughs> so goes down.
3: I did notice a little we bit of in, a shift there. We
0: live in Florida. That is absolutely a trend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're in Florida. Do not send a hate mail to Martha because of what Rob just said. Or no, but it's a email. good
1: awareness. I think yeah. in any assessment that there, if there's some trends and realities that are out there, is being aware of them because there's... Reason for it, and um, just knowing that that is you're you're not alone in that (laughs) is probably a good thing.
0: Hey, we're talking today with Rob McKenna and Daniel Halleck from Wild Leaders. Check them online wildleaders.org, wildleaders.org, and all of this has been made possible because of the Christian Leadership Alliance Outcomes Conference 2019. If you are a nonprofit, here's a big plug for you if you're a nonprofit organization and you love Jesus and you want to honor God with what you do. The Christian Leadership Alliance is designed for you to increase your efficient, efficiency, your effectiveness, your good stewardship, to really become an organization that honors God in every area. So, uh, Rob and Daniel, so my question for you is this: You know, you are working with leaders, and through your process, you often get an opportunity to share who Christ is in you. I mean, you guys are feeding your lives into other people. It's called discipleship. How often do you get a chance to just share? the secret behind the curtain to be able to say, hey, this is where this stuff comes from, this truth comes from scripture, all truth comes from God, Jesus changed my life I want to tell you about it. I mean How often do you guys get that, that opportunity? Man, I mean,
2: it depends on the context, but it's a spectrum. Sometimes you get to share the full story other times it's just a glimpse into your life or a question that somebody's going to mull over and come, come back to you. So it's, it's hard to put a number or, or percentage on that, but I would say the eyes are always wide open and I'm always asking, okay, God, what do you want me to say in this moment? So those conversations, I find they come over time with the relationships and our goal is to embed ourselves with people over the long term. And so it's usually not the initial conversations, usually as we've had time with them and then they ask us um, and there's opportunities there.
1: You know, one of our favorite questions that um, we get an opportunity to ask once in a while and is, what would you say to your younger you? And I think with this conversation no. where you've, guys, you've been doing con- some question. assessments and things like that, what is something that you would say to your younger you if they were looking to have some leadership it's development? It's like that great
0: Mercy Me song. Dear younger me. Okay. Well, D- Daniel, you start. Yeah, I mean, the thing that comes to mind right
2: away He doesn't away is, have to
1: go back very yeah, far.
0: Yeah, I'd say keep your
2: strong principles and faith and be way more bold. Um, I am a, I, I'm a very agreeable person, and there are times I've learned I just need to speak way more boldly into people's lives, whether it be, you know, you need to do this process. I've told that to people, and it felt awkward, and then they go through, and they go, this was life-changing. Or the boldness of saying, you know, this is a chance to actually share more about who Jesus is. Or the boldness to say, I'm a, you can't see me on the radio, but I'm young, to not worry about my age and just say Timothy was young and he preached and needed to be bold, mm-hmm. so I, I need to be too. So I would keep that that foundation of faith, but just be way more bold everywhere in life.
1: I was waiting for you to say he was agreeable because he's young. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> yeah. good. No, I was gonna say he, he had great hair because you know he's young. he's still got great hair. You <laughs> could lose that one day. Don't don't hold on to your hair too tightly. All right, Rob McKenna, what would you, dear younger you, what would you like to, what would you say? What do you think your younger you would love to know what you know
3: today? I became a university professor at 26, and I had no business doing that in some ways. But I had a, a colleague of mine at the time who would always say to me, this happened like once a week, said, you should go out and get your middle management knocks and bumps and then come back and teach. And I, it was frustrating back then because I, I respected these people a lot. This was a person older than me and I would have gone back and said to myself, um, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing because I was trying to help people deal with their middle management lumps and I don't have a life to waste to go get lumps. It's just not the way I approach my world. And so I wish someone had, had said, you're doing it the way you should. I think in some ways, you know, I'm hitting my stride. It's a strange thing to say at, at 50, but I think that that's okay. I, I like what Daniel said. I'm like, I don't know if I would have been dangerous with more boldness earlier or not, cause I may have been. And so I think I would have just encouraged myself and said, you know, you're doing all right. Keep going. You you have no idea what the longer plays are going to be and the people who are going to come back around over the years.
1: So next steps for our listeners. If this is intriguing to them, what should they do?
3: Man, uh, like you said, go to wildleaders.org and check out what we're up to. And I think if if you read what we're up to and you resonate with it and then pick up the toolkit. It is ready to go if you're looking to develop people.
0: Thank you so much. Rob McKenna, Daniel Halleck from Wild Leaders, wildleaders.org. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Make sure you check them out online, wildleaders.org. And also check out Christian Leadership Alliance online, christianleadershipalliance.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace. It's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.